Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul. It's the 16th day of January, and I want to thank you for joining me today as we journey through the Gospel of Luke, and we're in the seventh chapter. Let's jump right into the text today. Some days I have things I want to talk about and and tell you, and other days let's just get with it. So let's do that today from verse 36, a story, a new story, as we've been progressing through this chapter, transitioning out of the conversation Jesus has about John the Baptist and remind you of this from yesterday because this is a lead-in where Jesus says, the son of man come eating and drinking. You guys have called him a glutton and a wine-bibber and a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom's justified by all her children. So Jesus leans into the accusations. Glutton and wine-bibber was pointing back into the book of Deuteronomy into the Torah, where if you had a rebellious son, you called him a glutton and a wine-bibber and you stoned him to death. So Jesus is most likely showing that they think he's a rebellious son worthy of death. Um, do what you will with the glutton and wine-bibber part as, to, as far as what Jesus was actually doing, but he, he certainly was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So maybe whatever caused them to call him a glutton and a wine-bibber was true in that he ate and drank opposed to John who did neither. But Jesus is showing us that wisdom's justified by her children. So it might take a little farther distance for you to understand the big picture. You might need to be a generation removed. That's a metaphor. I mean, we'll only only in what is produced will we be able to judge if what it was was worth it. And Jesus is telling us that what it produces is going to justify it. Well, right on the heels of that, we arrive at this story in verse 36. And I want you to notice that we're going to have a sinner come into the room. And that they are going to be the fruit of the things Jesus has been accused of, being a friend of sinners. Let's read. I want to read 36 uh, through at least 39 and watch this whole story unfold with no words from Jesus. This is just the actions going on in the room. Verse 36, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who touch who is touching him, for she's a sinner. All right, let's talk about this for a little bit. We're, we're, we're at a dinner, and a dinner like this in this part of the world and at this time would be an open-door dinner, uh, kind of a come-and-go dinner, drop-in, also a watchful dinner. And so there's going to be a lot of people who enter and eat, enter and don't eat, uh, eat and leave, come in late just for the conversation because these dinners were as much about the fellowship and the conversation as anything. And when you had a rabbi or a teacher as the featured guest of your dinner, you knew you were going to to hear them. You were going to get to, not in a formal stand up and preach a sermon kind of way, 
but in a very relaxed atmosphere. We have evidence that they they didn't sit in chairs the way we do. They leaned. And most of the populace is right-handed, so they would lean on their left side and they would grab or take the food with their right hand. And so you've got a lounging atmosphere with an open door. And according to the story, a sinful woman, a woman in the city who was a sinner, that wording often indicates a woman in the city, often indicates a prostitute. So we can't, we don't say for sure, but that seems to be the flow, the narrative flow, because we're coming off of this tax collectors and sinners accusation. So here's a sinful woman, maybe a prostitute. She would not have received an invitation and she would not have been welcome because just because it was an open door didn't mean you wanted just everyone in. And sometimes they would even most likely police that entrance. So it takes a great amount of courage and faith for her to even enter the room. Well, she she comes in with an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. That's a, a, translu- a translucent stone uh, that was used to, to make containers for perfume, for costly perfume. And she cries, she weeps, she washes Jesus' feet with her tears, and she dries his feet with her hair, and she kisses his feet and anoints his feet with the fragrant oil. This is a demonstration of her penitence, her humility. And the Pharisee that probably, the well, it is the Pharisee who invited him. We don't know who this is particularly, but someone whom Jesus has had probably a lot of verbal sparring with. And I want you to note, by the way, that Jesus is at the house of a Pharisee. We love to say Jesus didn't have any problem eating with sinners. But I want you to notice Jesus didn't have any problem eating with Pharisees either. So just because he ate with sinners doesn't mean he was a sinner. Just because he ate with Pharisees doesn't mean he was a Pharisee. But in the same vein of Jesus would accept people, thus he ate with sinners, you could say Jesus accepted people, thus he ate with Pharisees. So don't forget that Jesus did not only eat with sinners and tax collectors, he ate with religious people. He's an equal opportunity giver of mercy. Okay, that's an important, I think that's an important point. The Pharisee that invites him thinks within himself. He doesn't say this out loud. This man's name is Simon, by the way. We'll learn this in a minute. This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him because she's a sinner. Now, as a Pharisee, he would not have had any contact with this woman, with what would be considered sinful people in general. And he was pretty sure that a prophet, if he was worth calling himself a prophet, wouldn't have any contact with her either. And Jesus, of course, hasn't dismissed the woman, hasn't rejected the woman. So Simon either thinks that he doesn't know who she is, doesn't realize she's a sinner, or he doesn't care who she is. And in either case, that proves to Simon that Jesus isn't a prophet. Because if he was a prophet, he would know who she is. And if he was a prophet, he would care. And so Simon's definition of prophet is based upon a very pious religious understanding of prophet. Don't be deceived. The understanding of what it means to be a prophet or to be the man of God, the woman of God, the anointed of God, isn't confined to or defined exclusively by 
religion and the hierarchy of religion. It has more to do with your treatment of people than it does with your projection of holiness. And that's what we're going to learn as Simon and Jesus are about to have a conversation and we'll go into it tomorrow. God bless.